Captain America uh, Ninjasha episode 61. We missed. I, I thought it was episode 59 before. And so we didn't get to celebrate the episode 60 milestone. It's all good. Um, today we've got our week 12 predictions and uh, some news and stuff. So it's good to see. Yes, yes. But obviously it's been two days. So as, as per usual, we have to, to beg the age-old question. We had Thanksgiving in the past two days since recording the episode. So we beg, we ask the age-old question, including what have you been in a couple days, I mean. Well, yeah, I ate a ton of food. I went shopping today. Um, I went for a run, and I felt like crap. <laughs> I ate so much, I tried to go for a run. Um, but I have, like, six days until track starts, so I basically need to run every single day, and uh, or I'm going to be, like, really out of shape. So um, got to do a lot of cram in here so I can I can be able to, like, actually do the workouts. But. Fair enough. Yeah, I, yeah. Everybody, I had a butt ton on Thanksgiving, as in a little bit, and today I just painted and painted a lot of walls, so <laughs> fun time, fun Sounds times on fun time, but Thanksgiving's always fun, and you get the good food, and that's what counts on Thanksgiving. Definitely. Watch some not-so-good football, because both games were blowout. We'll get into that in a little bit. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's it was the Thursday Night Football preview, or review, analysis. Thursday right afternoon. Word. Yeah, but I watched the Lions game, and that was awful. And then I didn't even watch the next game. <laughs> I watched, like, half of both games on, off and on because they didn't, like... W- there's not a TV in, like... They don't... My grandparents, where I was at, don't have, like, a... Their living room doesn't really have a TV. There's, like, a separate TV room. And everyone is in the living room, so they didn't put on football because no one TV room. So I was just... Had it on my phone, like, off and on, so... Yeah, well, you and, didn't and I took a fat, like, three-hour nest. So. Yeah. <laughs> After lunch, you get tired. Yeah. That was half. I was off. And I saw Amari get a touchdown to the team. And Ezekiel Elliott put up a whole whopping 2.9 for my fans. Whoopee. My goodness. But um, Antoine Gibson Ridiculous. had a great game. Yeah. Gibson, the man. Let me tell you how annoyed I was. I actually drafted your Gibson in fantasy. Because I had a hunch that he was going to be really good this and he was going to break out and be the starter over AP. And that was before AP even got traded. I drafted him. And then, like, five weeks into the season, he hadn't done much, so I dropped it. And then, like, somebody picked him up a little bit after it blew up. And now he's, like, running back. This is, like, a top-ten fan running back role. Yeah. And I just I drafted and decided to drop for now. So, that's sad times. But I was ahead of the cup, I guess, a little bit, somewhat. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But, that, is, that is what it is. Fantasy is hard. But I have, I have one fantasy sleeper I want to mention, but I want to mention it with the game predictions. I, I've been, I thought about it. This is my big, my big prediction. But I'll say it. I'll say it when the games come. Okay. Okay. So, but before the games, we get into the news, and there's not a lot of news. Most of it is not good. It's all not good. <laughs> I guess. Um, so we're gonna start off with Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers game was postponed from Thursday night fall on Thanksgiving to Sunday. Um, after starting quarterback Lamar Jackson some positive for COVID-19, uh, Baltimore was forced to close their practice facilities until Monday. Um, and obviously, you can't play games. You can't practice ever, and, uh, until after the game was supposed to be played. So, anyway, Baltimore has been tentatively moved to Tuesday night. Or Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday night football. And then the Baltimore-Dallas Cowboys game, which was supposed to be Thursday. Well, obviously, Baltimore play on Tuesday and Thursday. Um, so that game has been moved to the following Monday at 5 p.m. So Baltimore-Pittsburgh will now be played Tuesday night. Baltimore-Dallas on Monday. Pittsburgh players are not happy about the ordeal, and I don't blame them because, you know, they're kind of getting cheated in here a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is what it is. We knew stuff was going to happen, like I said, but, like, there's not a lot of consistency. The the rave. I understand stuff happened, and there are situations where, like, I but also there are situations and really, both times the Steelers have been affected have been situations where uh, the league definitely should take action. Again. Like the Titans, uh, they blatantly broke COVID protocol. Yeah. The Ravens um, blatantly broke COVID protocol rules because reportedly their uh, strength conditioning coach exhibited signs of COVID-19 and still came to the practice facility with the players and did not wear a mask at the practice facility with the players and spread it to the players. So, um, yeah, that's, you know. And I don't know all the details, but that's at least the story as of most so. 
whatever, man. We'll, we'll, hopefully, we still get to see Steelers versus Ravens. Lamar Jackson will be out for that game for obvious reasons. Um, but, you know, you still want to see a rivalry game like that. It's always fun football to watch. I know, and immediately what I thought is Trace McStorley got to play, but now he's on the COVID list, too. So it's all up to RG3 and, and the uh, – the practice squad QB there. I was che- obviously on Steelers Twitter. Is uh, there was like these Ravens fans. There's like under a post about one of like the bigger Steelers accounts on Twitter was talking about like how you know he didn't you know he thought this was BS that he canceled, but the 49ers game did like the 49ers didn't get any leeway, but now the Ravens leeway. And then some guy on Twitter like you know, talking about like RG three because he was like. Well, you guys are just scared of RG3. And he's like, because RG3 had his way with the quote-unquote best defense in the league last year. And then they brought up the stats. And like, is this RG3 having his way? And it was like 13 for 25, 96 yards, one interception. Yeah. Like, he handed the ball RG3. off to Gus Edwards that whole game. Yeah, it's like, this is RG3 having his way. It was like, that, that was pretty. And there that- was a lot of stuff. Because they, they were just say like, you know, you guys suck. And it was like, and they were making really dumb because they were like, you guys aren't going to make it past the first round. And then the Steelers <laughs> fans are almost like, well, you guys aren't even in the playoffs right now. It's like, you guys said, have fun. Like, you guys are actually going to have to fight for a playoff spot. And then they said something like, well, I'd rather not make the playoffs than get bounced the first game you play. And then, you know, the Steelers fans are like, did you really just say that as a Baltimore fan? You'd rather not make the play. It was dumb. They were not being educated. But, you know. It was Normal Ravens fans. What do you even expect? <laughs> what do you expect? Fans of the Rat Birds. Yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. But not to not trash on Baltimore fans anymore. <laughs> to trash on Dallas fans. Baltimore fans can get a little bit of a break. Everybody trash fans. It's not biased to trash on Dallas Cowboys fans. So. Yeah, no one likes the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, screw all. But yeah. now we got one cut in a bunch of slash COVID lists. So we'll start off with the- Surprisingly, the Houston Texans coming off of their big Thanksgiving have cut wide receiver Kenny Stills. Um, interestingly enough, coming into this season, I thought Kenny Stills was very underrated and should have had, and it did at the time, have the number three wide receiver spot locked down. But now in recent weeks, with the emergence of Randall Cobb as the true number three receiver there and Kiki Kuti starting to come into his own a little bit more, um, I guess there's too many mouths to feed. Can't get him on playing time. So they decided to cut Kenny, Kenny Stills. Um, he will definitely, in the next week or two, uh, he's a very a very productive role player. So you know he's a good he's a good guy, good football player. Always has been really productive in Miami before this. So he'll be on a team soon. It's just a matter of where. But it will not be the Texans. Interestingly enough, you know it makes sense and it doesn't. I don't know. I hope you know. There's always going to be the rumors. Green Bay, you know, be a solid <laughs> Green Bay. I gotta say, but I don't know if they're going to do it because you say that by about every. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I don't have much of a prediction for where it'd go, but I started. I heard it was um, it was like a mutual parting of ways where they both yeah, with no bad blood there. They both kind of understood. I'm sure Kenny was like they were like Kenny Stills was like, hey, I want to get the ball, and like, you can't get the ball. And three guys that are better than getting to somewhere where he also so you're not going to get the ball that much. And he was like, screw off them. But, yeah, you know, yeah. But um, now we get into we'll start off with the actual technical injuries. Um. Two offensive linemen. We're going to start off with Zach Martin. Um, you saw him leave the Dallas versus Washington skating game um, with a calf injury. He is expected to have, quote-unquote, multiple weeks. We don't know exactly what that means. It's looking like somewhere between the three weeks with the calf injury, but we're not 100% sure. Either way, that is definitely good for a defensive lineman. Completely um, decimated by injury. Zach Martin seemed to have been the only piece on that offensive line that was you know, somewhat consistently healthy, and now he's going to miss a, a couple weeks. So... Definitely not good if you're someone in a position like I am with Ezekiel Elliott in fantasy, or if you're, for some reason, has Andy Dalton in fantasy, which I don't think you guys are out there, but whatever. <laughs> and um, the second piece was also to an offensive line, and another very good one. Lane Johnson of the Philadelphia Eagles is out for the season with an ankle injury officially, um, and that's really rough there for a two's offensive line. Looked amazing with Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters, and then Johnson. But obviously, Brandon Brooks towards ACL. Peters has been off and on the whole year. Jason Kelsey, while he's productive when he's on the field, has been. And now Lane Johnson is out for the year. Andre Dillard tore his, I think it was his ACL as well. Um, but this offensive line in the unit that was, you know, completely destroyed by injuries and the entire offense, really. 
especially in the receiver core. And you see Carson Wentz is already getting hit and banged up at a crazy rate. This is definitely not what you want for Carson Wentz. Lane Johnson, also an incredible run defender. Not something to see if you're Miles Sanders slash Boston Scott either. But, uh, yeah, interdivisional guys, Zach Martin and Johnson, will both be out. Zach Martin for a couple weeks, Lane Johnson for the season. Yeah, that's, that's brutal for both Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz. Yeah, because they're already getting... <laughs> behind suspect offensive lines so but then it's yeah. even more more jackson is getting sacked at a, like a almost unprecedented rate right now and he's already a little bit injury prone so <laughs> poor poor guy there but he's not yeah. it's not like he's having a not stellar year at the moment yeah um, he's already having like the worst year of his career right now and there goes like yeah. another piece of, <laughs> by far of the what so by far the way yes yeah um, and then the last pieces of news here, we have two um, injury, quote-unquote, two guys that won't play this because um, they are on the COVID list and have not cleared all the protocols yet. Um, Dean Adam Thielen for the Vikings will not play versus Carolina, and DeForest Buckner of the Colts will not play versus Tennessee. Two players that are extremely important to the success of their team. Um, Adam Thielen, obviously the league leader in receiving touchdowns with 11 DeForest Buckner anchoring that Colts defensive line and one of the best units in the league defensively. Um, in both games that are expected to be pretty good games in Minnesota versus Carolina and Indianapolis versus Tennessee, obviously Indianapolis is one that has more of an impact in terms of playoffs. And, you know, any, any team can turn it around to become a playoff team, you know, <laughs> so whatever, right? So two, two guys very important. Hopefully they'll be able to be back as soon as possible. Hopefully next week we'll see for these guys to be able to be back. But this week, it's not looking good for Adam DeForest Buckner. Yeah, I, but this, the question for me as as a Justin Jefferson fantasy owner, does that mean that he's going to absorb all those targets, or do you think the offense is just going to suck because he's not going to be able to get open? Is it like a Judas Brown mm. situation? But mm. until he kind of came just yeah. this year. I don't know. It's interesting. I'll see. I'm probably not going to start him. I think Deontay Johnson's a lock there. but Yeah, I don't know. He's He's... Well, he's a great player for fantasy. Very inconsistent when it comes to fantasy, so. That's a fact. He's not someone that's consistently starting and expecting to put up somewhere in the realm of 20 points every week. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Justin Jefferson fantasy. It's not a situation that I'd like to be hit at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a great player, but Bright I would have to decide week to want to start him. But he's a, he's a good depth piece yeah. for me. He's a good depth piece. Yeah, definitely. He's great to have. Um so now we get into Thanksgiving football games that were played, and I guess pushed aside the one. Um, we'll start off with the first game that was played: the Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions. Houston mollywops the Lions, forty-one to twenty-five, and this was a pretty close game for the most the first half. You know, what I mean, like no team was like really pulling away, and then the second half the Texans came in. I don't know what kind of adjustments were made or what went on there, but they came out with a purpose. So our top performers are going to have Deshaun Watson, 318 yards and four touchdowns. You have Will Fuller, who went six receptions for 171 yards and two touchdowns. There's Will Fuller's yearly game. He just goes off and goes nuts every year. He's got like one or two of those games. Um, Brandon Cooks goes five receptions for 85 yards. Tyrell Adams, 17 tackles, two forced fumbles, and a pass defended. J.J. Watt, four tackles, one interception, a pass defended, and a touchdown. You saw that crazy pick six for J.J. Watt, which is something that you do not ordinarily see for a defensive lineman. Um, and we're going to have Nate Hall for the last one for this team with four tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss, or fumble. And then for the Lions, we're going to have Adrian P. 15 attempts for 55 yards and two touchdowns. And T.J. Hawkinson, the team's leading receiver, with five receptions for 89 yards there. So, yeah, this was a game it was really largely close. It was an offensive showcase. Um, Matt Stafford, I don't think he atrociously, but he didn't perform well by by. You know, they both had really solid first halves, and the game was really close, and it was yeah. kind of back and like, forth, like no team was able. To, but uh, yeah, Houston pulls out in the second quarter and just comes out and goes crazy. Yeah, but there was there was an astonishing amount of fumbles in this game. If you watched, you could. You could pretty well realize it was it was pretty brutal, especially in the beginning yeah. parts there. I think just there were f- four or five fumbles in this game. It was nuts. There were two like right back to back from the lines. I know that. Yeah, um, and now is he? All right, never, never mind. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, <clears throat> this was a game where I mean, like DeAndre Swift was named the starter, 
And that's fair because he he's definitely the best one there. He, but Adrian Peterson and Carryon Johnson came in and they had like pretty solid games from what I watched. Then the second well, half, DeAndre the whole... Swift didn't play this game. Yeah, I know that's that's the thing. It kind of stinks for him. You, you it's one of the situations yeah. where you go out and then your backup comes in and they play well and you're you're kind of stuck in a situation where you're gonna have to split some more time later on because yeah. Adrian, I mean, AP, they Adrian really good in the. Adrian, break. he had two touchdowns. His yards were not no, good. No, it was not. No, he didn't get – Carry on Johnson was a little bit more of the, quote, every down back. And then once they got to short yard situation and uh, the end zone, <clears throat> they, they gave yeah. Adrian Peterson, which is which is fair. But then that's thanks for, for DeAndre Swift, who kind of could take over in all those all the spots. But I don't think he's going to get many red zone touches, you know, because yeah. he's not a player. He's not nose to the grindstone shove forward and hit the gap and just go for it kind of guy. He's yeah, going to... He's, he's not what you call a power back or a runner. So he's definitely more of a fast type of runner. So Yeah. As you can see by the last name Swift. Very <laughs> fitting. Very fitting. But, uh, and now, the next Thanksgiving game, which was actually a bigger blowout than the um, Washington and Dallas. We both said Dallas was... And I thought amazing. We saw Dallas last week take a, a nice W there. Andy Dalton and that offense be explosive. So I thought, in everyone's mind, it was a good idea to pick Dallas over Washington. It was a bad idea. Washington destroys 41 to 6. Um, player of the game here, by all accounts, Gibson. 20 attempts for 115 rushing yards and three touchdowns for him. First ever rookie with three rushing or three touchdowns in Thanksgiving since Randy Moss. Um, we're gonna have Scary Terry McLaurin, seven receptions for 92 yards, and then on the other side, Amari Cooper, six receptions for 112 yards and a touchdown. And Randy Gregory with three tackles, two sacks, and two tackles for loss. Um. So yeah, this was this is a game where you know it started off just kept Washington kept going. Dallas stopped and they just kind of like it after you know the first couple drives you saw that like fifty yard touchdown bomb to Amari Cooper, Andy Dalton. We started seeing some semi productive things in the passing game, if nothing else. Ezekiel Elliott got a fumble and his eighth fumble of the season. Is ridiculous. Um. So, yeah, that's just – there. there isn't much to go off of there. I don't think Alex Smith had an amazing game. Their offense was kind of hand the ball to and 10-year Gibson and let him go to work. And it did work. It did work. It was successful. Perhaps to them for that. But, yeah, Washington just laid the smack. Mm-hmm. So, so, once again, we're in a very interesting situation in the NFC East where we started out, and I thought starting out the season, Dallas football team the offense was, was very good on all accounts. And then – after Dak went down, everything kind of went downhill there. I thought it was Philadelphia's. Philadelphia was going to be able to, to win the division, and then they started to fall by the wayside. And I thought maybe New York would be able to get it. They beat they beat Philadelphia, and um, they were looking pretty good. But now it looks like Washington is ready to t- kind of take the the lead there with a very good pass rush, and a rushing game, and offense that can get the job done and score points. But at this point, I'm not even going to say anything because it's probably going to change four more times before the end of the year, before we really know who is who is the. Yeah, I have no clue. But then, and all one of these teams is, is going to be pull it together. Wait, I apologize. What you're saying? So any one of these teams can pull it together at any moment, and it's looking like currently the teams with at least somewhat momentum in this division currently are Washington, the Giants. I'm obviously Daniel Jones and the Giants coming off of a big win last week. And then two weeks ago, almost, almost Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Um, and then obviously Washington coming off of this explosion of offensive output from Antonio Gibson and a lot of stops and plays there from their, from their defensive line and two straight wins for the Washington football team as well. They're, this is really still up for grab. It's really any at this yeah. point. So. It's still so sad that we have thrown our NFC Eastlander that there's going to be a NFL team in the playoffs that will have a home game that has a yeah. losing record. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a losing team with a top four seed and hosting a home playoff game. That's a, I don't like the system, but we got to go on. Yeah, we, we can't say if we've said it enough times, we can get over it by now. <laughs> so, so who was your who was your sleeper? Um, I'll mention it when we give our predictions for the game. Oh, okay. It right. is for the Buccaneers versus Chiefs team. Okay. Chiefs game. So. I'll think in my mind who it is. I have a player in my just randomly, so we'll see if that's who it is. All right. All right, we'll see. Um, yeah, so here we go into our prediction, what we do every Friday, our predictions for the next week. This will be week 12. So we start off, we'll start off here. We usually start off with, but we're not going to, because now they fade, they're on Tuesday, so they're going to be the last game of the week. So we're starting off here with 
um, the Cleveland Browns and the Jacksonville Jaguars is where we'll start. So um, this is a game where Jacksonville is one and nine, Cleveland is seven and three. Um, all signs point, and that's really all there is. Jacksonville has not been able to really stop any runs defensively, and when you're facing the number one run defense in the league. It's just such a stellar offensive line behind Jedrick Wills, Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader, Jack Conklin. That's uh, such a talented offense. And on a team that has really not a lot of run defense and basically non-existent pass rush, um, yeah, this is a recipe for a Cleveland success left and right. Um, they, they will be missing Miles Garrett. They will be missing Denzel Ward, with two best decent players on equivalent. But I just think Jacksonville's going to have no answer for the ground game. And obviously, when you have no answer for the ground game, that's what is um, allows the the passing game to open up as well for two. So when you know this this Cowboys style offensive stud running backs, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt behind them, should be able to oppose their one with Jacksonville Jaguars. And I just don't think with Mike Glennon at the helm, they're going to be able to to produce anything offensively. So thirty to nine is my prediction, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree with that. Thirty to fourteen, I think the Cle- Cleveland Browns win. They're they're outmatched. Jacksonville is, and actually yeah. Mike, Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon is going to get his first snaps in a while, so I can't imagine he's going to come in and be some star. Me neither. Me neither. So, um, next game here. Miami versus the Jets. Sam Darnold will be back on center for the Jets this week, according to head coach Adam Gase. Um, Tua Tagovailoa is a questionable with an injury, but... Um, head coach Brian Flores did say that if he's playing, he is the starting quarterback still, despite being benched last week. We went over how we feel about the benching of Tua last week, and we didn't feel good about it, but whatever. Um, either way, Miami should swallow up the New York Jets. I'm predicting 25-7. to 7. Um, That defense should be able to go crazy on Sam Darnold and Frank Gore and company, I guess. Um, and yeah, I think Miami pass rush with Christian Wilkins, Manuel Ogba, and Shaq Lawson should... Um, who definitely penetrate this New York Jets offensive line with, I don't even know, if, you know, banged out Mackay back then and a bunch of scrubs. You know what I mean? They should be able to largely impose their will on this team. So should be a dominant victory by all accounts. Um, we'll see. They, You know, obviously the the Jets cut Pierre Desir this week. They're going to – Brian Poole is the starting you – know, starting in the, in the secondary now. It's not a great situation for the Jets, especially versus a, you know, competing playoff team, maybe Dolphins. So – uh, yeah, the Jets, I believe, lose to the Dolphins 25-7. to Yeah, I think the Dolphins also win this game 38-10. Yeah, that's another very straightforward matchup. The Dolphins are a very good team. They're coming off of a loss, which is is, is bad. But I think this is Tua's comeback game. I'll get his, his confidence back. He's played, a, 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 had a rough matchup there. And, um, you know, he's a young guy. He's still figuring it out. And there's no better team to figure it out. Than the Jets. He can have a field day there, pass to whoever he wants. Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, Mike Osecki, Ahmed, 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 what a guy. Um, the whole team there, I can't imagine there's ever going to be too much going wrong there for that team to blow out. Yeah, yeah, accurate. So, um, the next game, Arizona Cardinals and the Patriots. I have the Arizona Cardinals defeating the Patriots in this one 31 to 20. Um, yeah, Arizona is kind of offensive explosion this season. And while New England's defense is still very solid, and they've got a lot of guys, especially in the secondary, the McCourty Twins, Tom Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, um, rookie Kyle Duggar. New England has a lot of defense still, despite um, Dante Hightower, the number one linebacker, opting in the season. But I'm still giving this owner their offense. There's so much to be able to handle. Kyler Murray's rushing threat is something that very little to no quarterbacks in this league can, to, can compare with. Um, and I just don't know what New England's going to be able to do. It's not like they've got a bunch of crazy fast linebackers or skillful linebackers to be able to do quarterback spies and the sort. Not like they've got a crazy pass rush to be able to try to contend to any extent. Um, so I think Kyler Murray should have his way in the game, especially somebody that's top two in the league in rushing touchdowns as a quarterback. Um, I think he should be able to impose his And Cam Newton obviously has not been in the season with, you know, his receiving core of Demir Bird and um, Jacoby Meyer, Ryan Izzo at the tight end spot. Um, I think Arizona gets this one done on the road, 31. So our first disagreement of the episode, enough, I'm going bold here. I think New England beats Arizona in a low-scoring fashion, 21-14. to 14. And I'm, I say this because you mentioned about 
how you think Kyler Murray's going to do so on the ground. But New England did just a few weeks ago shut down the best rushing quarterback in the NFL in Lamar Jackson. And although the situations were quite different, the weather was played a humongous factor in that game. I'm not going to even joke around with you. Um, it's a very simple – Bill Belichick got it done with the defense, and <clears throat> he, they made some plays here and there. And Cam – I was I actually was. I actually was looking at some stats, and I don't normally do this, but I wanted to see how Cam was doing. I was looking at it like – I forget what the stat was called, but it was like – it was essentially the percentage of passes – like that were actually like on target or whatever. And it was like among the highest in the league. It was like top 10 or whatever. He's Cam has been playing relatively well this year as far as from like a passing the ball standpoint, he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities and his, why he has receiving threats are not exactly top tier. Let's to say the least, yeah. but it's a young team once again with Arizona and um, Bill Belichick maybe has a few tricks up the sleeve. I don't know. This is not a strong, this is not a strong prediction, but I do think I like the New, New England in this matchup a little bit. I don't mind it because obviously New England is some a team that's coming into it with a little bit of momentum while the Arizona Cardinals are kind of the opposite way there, I guess. So I, I, I get it. Momentum is definitely a big thing in every sport. So I, I, I feel that. So the next game we're going to get into is one where I have a varying different opinions here because this is a team that Joe is always high on versus a team that I am always high on. The Carolina Panthers versus the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so, you know, I'm always high. I'm giving it to the Vikings. 18-21 to 21 in an extremely close game. Um, the Vikings are going to be without Adam. Um, when I did predict this, I did not take that into account because Adam Thielen was still projected to play. But I'm still keeping this Minnesota's way because Christian McCaffrey will also not play. That's the, They're going to have Mike Davis again. And, yeah, I think the game where Carolina's run defense has not been good this season whatsoever. Um, they've been okay. They've got some solid pieces in the secondary when it comes to the passing game. Trey Boston, Dante Jackson's guys of the sort. But in the running game, they're just allowing running backs to do whatever they want. And you're not going to do that with Cook. In my opinion, the best running back in the league this season as of right now. Um, it's close between him and Alvin Kamara for me. But I'm going to give it to... Dalvin Cook by by a hair, especially when the actual ground. So, um, yeah, I think Dalvin Cook should go off on this. And, and while Teddy Bridgewater will be, and I would love to see Teddy go and get some more wins as a as a starting quarterback. Uh, I think Minnesota takes this on the shoulder blades of Dalvin Cook. So I like the take, but you knew it. You knew me too well. I yeah. think by a very slim margin, twenty six to twenty four. And I picked this game one of the last games, so I threw some of those numbers out there just for variety's sake. But um. Yeah. I you, you know you know I, I like Carolina I re- I really think they're a good team <clears throat> I think they I think Matt Rule is a really good coach so far I think he's made some he's he's figuring out the NFL a little bit more and more I think there's some there's some games where he's made yeah. some hair head scratching decisions but overall I think he's been pretty solid I really like Teddy Bridgewater in this matchup honestly where the Vikings defense hasn't completely gotten it together um and there's a there's a a lot of good receiving threats on that Carolina offense. Teddy, uh, Robbie Anderson, who's really came into his own, DJ Moore, and and um, and uh, Curtis so, Samuel. Yeah, Curtis Samuel. They just had a they were in a spot where like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are so clearly better than Curtis Samuel, but like nobody is stopping from scoring touchdowns. Yeah, it's like that man. It's, an interesting... it's like we'll get his touchdown every game, and you're not stopping him from doing so. It's weird. Mm-hmm. This this is a game where I think the defenses are relatively similar in in how good they are. I mean, I mean, the offenses are some. Uh, what am I saying? <laughs> I, I think, think the whole team I think it's that's what I'm trying to say. I think that it's going to be more of a shootout than my score predicts. But I went a little bit more on the chill end and went with a 26 to 24 prediction. I like it. I like it. Um, next is possibly game of the week: Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts. You know, I'm giving this one to the Colts, another team that I'm relatively high on. But it's not a me because the Colts are actually good. Um, <laughs> I'm giving it to the Colts, but by a very narrow 28-5 over Titans. Yeah, even without def- the Colts' defense is still smothering with their adjustments, Darius Leonard's, Xavier Rhodes. Um, they're still a very, very and well, you know, Tennessee is a, a really good team. Um, and DeForest Buckner is not going to help when you're having the absence. I'm sorry, of DeForest Buckner is not going to help when you're facing Derrick Henry. Um, I still like this Colts team. I think this Titans defense is just not very good. And I like the level of football. Philip Ridden playing at a recent level. Um, you know, not a lot of mistakes, being very cautious with the football. 
And that's how the Colts win with such a talented defense and such a talented offensive line. The Colts, all they need is Phillip Rivers to just play a safe, cautious game. So, And I think that's what he's been doing, and I think that's what he's going to do again. So uh, I'm giving this one to the Colts very narrowly. They're two very evenly matched in the same division. But, yeah, I give this to the Colts by 3, 25 to 28. I think it's very interesting how similar Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger's rule are this year so far. Just play safe and cautious. They don't need to do anything too crazy. Just let their defense take over games and and do what you need to do. Uh, I also have Indianapolis winning this game 30-27. This is more of a – I always thought it was more of a hunch. I kind of thought you'd have Indiana, um, Tennessee winning. But Indianapolis just has Tennessee's number, and they have had yeah. a time that is kind of like – it's really hard to bet against Indianapolis when they're playing Tennessee. So yeah. that, that is like – in general, I honestly think Tennessee is – could be a little bit better. I think they have a little bit more of an X factor player there. When whereas the Colts really don't, they don't have that big star player anymore. That mm-hmm. maybe T.O. Hill or Andrew Luck was back in the day. Um, they have some young studs there, and they're definitely a very good. They're very good overall football team. They don't have any superstar, like I said, but they have anybody. Everyone can do their job. They can win games, and that's all that matters. Um, yeah. I think they win this game though. Yeah. Same, same here. So next we get into a very boring game, the Giants and the Bengals. There isn't much to say with this one. The Giants should be able to blow the Bengals out of the water. I say the six. Um, if this was last week, the Joe Burrow three, I say let's take this. But um, with Brandon Allen, I just don't see Cincinnati being able to realistically put up more than about six points on this, on this Giants uh, team. And while, you know, I'm not super themselves, versus a Cincinnati team hobbled by injuries with Obviously, we know Brandon Allen starting over Ryan Finley this week. Um, should be an easy New York Giants W either way. So, you know, Daniel Jones has been playing some of his best football as of late, and the whole team has been looking really solid coming off a couple of wins. So, yeah, I give this one to the Giants, 27 to 6. Uh, yes, I agree. I have 24 to 10 Giants. Yeah, Joe Burrow, if Joe Burrow's playing this matchup, it's a completely different game. Um, but there's no way. There's no way these guys are gonna come in and, and do much there. And it's sad to say because it was a there were a solid team with a lot of potential, but it's all kind of went down the wayside. Cause they have no quarterback, and um, the Giants' defense is. I feel like they've been underrated this year, and it's not like they're gonna have trouble stopping any of these scrubs. Yeah, Bengals quarterbacks like Martinez and the boys. Um. Yeah, that's true. Um, now we're going to get into a game that should be pretty fun to watch if you can watch it. The Buffalo Bills and the Chargers. I'm giving it to the Bills, obviously, 20 to 32. This is a situation where, you know, they're both really fun teams to watch, and I'm excited for what the future holds for them. But currently, the Bills are just a better football team in really all aspects of this game than the Chargers. Currently, the Chargers with Justin Herbert, while he's an extremely promising player, they have not been able to keep a lead. They have not been able to impose their will defensively which was some strength that I really thought they were going to have this season. Um, so, yeah, apart from Keenan Allen, they don't really have much of anything there. So, you know, with Joe, like, you know, Justin Herbert really doesn't have any chemistry there, but whatever, right? So, Buffalo gets it done. Josh Allen, that explosive offense, is going to get things done. Star-studded defense is going to be able to hold the Chargers off to let that offense really flourish. So, I'm giving it to Buffalo 32-20. to 20. Yeah, I agree. I have... Buffalo winning twenty eight to twenty five. This is a re- this is a really good game, and this is a game I really hope I can watch. But I think more than talent standpoint, I think this comes down to experience and just how much this Bills team has kind of went through. They've they've stuck with their the same uh, structure of the team to an extent. They've been to the playoffs and stuff, and this is a relatively uh, unexperienced team. There's not a whole lot of big veteran presences there. There's Keenan Allen. And there's but like there's you know there's a rookie quarterback and there's. You know, it's not the same squad that's that was been there in years past with Phillip Rivers and stuff. Yeah. It's not like the experience is there. So I think I think that's gonna have a bigger role. Um, but this is they're very evenly matched teams, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball, that's where the Bills really have the edge. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's accurate. So now we get into a game versus another team that I'm usually very high on, but I'm not gonna predict them to win this. Vegas and Atlanta. I'm always high on Atlanta, but I think Vegas is going to take the W here, 29 to 17. Um, Derek Carr is playing some of the better football of his career, especially caution standpoint, and he's not turning it over a lot, which I really like to. See. Josh Jacobs is top five in the league in rushing yards, had a stellar second season in the league. A lot of care. Some Darren Waller, you know, well he has a few, some drop issues every once in a while. I will, I will admit. Overall, he's got solid hands, and obviously, it's exactly what we're going to get out of Jason Witten. So. 
I'm um, still, however, yeah, I'm going to give this to the to the Raiders. Atlanta, you know, they're a really explosive offense at times, but they're just so inconsistent. I'm never going to find myself batting on them consistently versus a team that's a lot better than them. So I'm giving it to Vegas 29-7. Yeah, I also think Las Vegas is going to win this game 31-21. to uh, This is, we've seen the Raiders keep up with the most explosive offense in the league with Kansas City. And uh, they split games with, with Kansas City, but you know, they we saw them do it. This is a very explosive offense, but they're they're a much better team. Let's be let's be real here. Especially on the defense well, I think the LA is another very underrated team on defense that played pretty well this year and they've yeah, you know, like they they held Kansas City pretty well and they they held them long enough to win. And um Atlanta has a has an explosive defense, but I don't know how I feel about players like Julio Jones and Hayden Hurst as far as a fantasy matchup fantasy like player if we're gonna think of that aspect and um I, I don't know if they're there i i have my doubts about starting julio jones who had a bad week last week i still will because he's there's always a humongous boom potential with him but anyway um i, th- I think the raiders have this one pretty handily yeah so what was your score for that one 31 to 21 okay okay so now we get into new orleans foul or nba model um new orleans <laughs> saints and the denver broncos where I think the Saints take this one pretty handily, 33-21. to While Denver is coming off of a big win versus the Miami Dolphins, um, New Orleans is a good football team with Drew Brees back at the helm with Michael Thomas. I mean, Drew Brees is not back at the helm, but um, he was back at the helm. Even with Taysom Hill at the helm, Michael Thomas looking to finally return to form a little bit. Alvin Kenner obviously not exactly what he's doing this season. And just so many offense on the line. On the receivers, tight end, you know, running back core, and a defense that is overall has some stars on all sides of all levels defensively. Um, I think Denver's just playing an outmatch. And while it could happen that defensive line comes out and puts up another performance like they did last week, that's when you'll see a W for, um, yeah, for the Denver Broncos. But I don't think they're going to be able to get that done, you know, versus such as such a stout offensive line in this. So. I give it to the Saints, 33-20. I think the Saints are going to win a lot closer, though. I have 27-24. to And I just I like the way the the Broncos' defense matches up versus Taysom Hill. I think they're going to be able to stop him a little bit better. But um, it's it's still enough. It's not enough to to shut down the Saints. Their their team is still so talented. Um, The defense there for the New Orleans is still one of the the best in the league, as it has been for years. Marshall Lattimore is, is still playing at a high level. Yeah. And it's just they are outmatched, and that's the thing there. I like the Broncos, and I think they can get some wins. I think they're a very good team for the future, but right now they're missing some some pieces with injuries still, like Cortland Sutton, Von Miller, and such um, players. As that, it's like yeah, it's hard to see versus such a talented team right now. Yeah, true. Um, so another interdivisional matchup we're going to get here: the San Francisco 49ers and the Rams. I'm giving it to the Rams, 29 to 16. Um, obviously, the 49ers are so riddled with injuries. Um, Travis, or, sorry, George Kittle, Amy Garoppolo, and just so many players. Um, yeah, I just don't want to pull one out versus a playoff team like the Los Angeles Rams, who are kind of hitting on all cylinders at this point, especially defensively. You've seen Jared Goff starting to get into his stride, and the running game starting to get a little bit more effective time and time again. So I'm giving it to the Rams in this one, relatively self-explanatory. Um, I thought the Niners were going to be so good this year, but I'm situations that are not under my control. So, yeah, Rams take it 29-16. Oh, we have very close score, 29-10. to 10. I think the Los Angeles Rams win. And I saw some sort of Instagram post or something today about the amount of cap space, like how much money is spent on players that are sitting on their IR right now. Kansas, I mean, not Kansas City. San Francisco is leading that statistic by like $20 million. They have like $80 million. In they got a top five paid quarterback and like the number one paid tight end all in the IR. Yeah. It's, Including any other it's players that they have, but I don't, I don't know. But. Yeah. Nick Bosa. Um, yeah. But he's making too much because he's still on his rookie deal. Yeah, but that is a guy there. But um, it's brutal. The injuries there. Yeah, we both like San Francisco coming into this year, but injuries can derail it team season, especially when it's as widespread like that. So now we get into the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a game where I think the Chiefs are going to take this one, thirty-five to twenty-seven. Um, and yeah, Tampa Bay. Well, they're very good. Um, it seems like whenever they're facing an opponent that's really good, they tend to kind of vanish. 
a lot, and Tom Brady does especially, and I don't think that trend is going to change versus what I presume and I look at as the best team in the league, the Kansas City Chiefs. And yeah, I don't think the Chiefs are going to take their foot off the gas pedal on or defense in any regard. They want that number one seed, and they want their destiny to be in their own hands. They don't want to have to do all this for nothing, lose to Waynesburg, and <laughs> to just get the. I, I don't know, you know what I mean. So Kansas City, they want they're not going to lose Pittsburgh and lose that race for the number one seed. They are there, and they want their destiny. And so they're giving it their all, every going, trying to get every cent as possible, and trying to get that number one. So. um that's where I think Kansas City is, and just floundering there in the middle, in the middle of the pack. They're just, you know, losing some games here. Tom Brady's not even really getting called out by his head coach, Bruce Arians. Things aren't looking great for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. They're kind of looking grim, and I think um, the Chiefs just smack them. So we're going to hear your prediction, and I want to hear this sleeper person that you have for. I think I think you know who it is. I have also Kansas City winning thirty to twenty-four, and Tom, yeah, Tom Brady has not played well. Versus the rougher, worst defenses. My fantasy sleeper is Antonio Brown. Big yeah. surprise. Is that who you thought it was? No. Is that I actually who, no that's not who thought? Who? I just know, so I just randomly decided on Cameron Bright. Cameron Bright. That would be know. an interesting decision. Him or Scotty yeah. Miller. No, no. Antonio Brown is is the, like the wide receiver three there, and he's. I was, uh, he's getting a lot of snaps. He's in there a lot. He's not getting a whole lot of targets. I think this is his game because obviously you got they're focused on on the two big guys, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And you got to realize Antonio Brown is still still the same player he was. He's had some of his best games versus Kansas City. And yeah. when you look at the nitty gritty yeah. there, the number three cornerbacks and stuff, it's not like there's a whole lot of guys that I think are going to be able to keep up with the likes of Antonio Brown. That's how they decide to play it. And um, that's what I'm thinking there. I have Antonio Brown in my squad. I'm still not going to start him over Julio Jones, Deontay He's Johnson. He's your sleeper or... of the week, and you can start him. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Travis Fulgham, rated by the NFL fantasy, is the number two sleeper. And I'm not going to put him in over, like, well, for one, definitely not Julio Jones or Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is wide receiver seven. Julio Jones is like wide receiver 15 or something. But he's always had those humongous weeks. So you cannot take Julio Jones out. But then it's like yeah. Deontay Johnson been immaculate in recent weeks i'm not gonna remember that someone who's just like yeah makes sense he's not gonna put up 60 points <laughs> huh. but i think i think he gets he, he that yeah, he gets snag a touchdown and definitely in like the deeper leagues if you have antony brown I, i'd start him but in a 10 person league it's not like crazy to have yeah. you know yeah. three players that are better than someone like that you know yeah it makes sense bro. so what was your mm-hmm. prediction for that game 32 24 so, um, so now three games left. We're going to have the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers here. Um, it has been confirmed by Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, that Mitch Trubisky will be the starting quarterback and Nick Foles will be out for this game. And, yeah, um, if you think this Bears offense is bad behind Nick Foles, it is going to be just as bad, maybe worse, behind Mitch Trubisky. The only thing Trubisky brings in that Foles doesn't have is some semblance of mobility, and that's the only thing. Um, so I've got Green Bay trouncing on the on the Bears, thirty-two to fourteen. Um, and yeah, this is a game where the Green Bay offense can kind of just go off at any have- time. So um, Green Bay should be able to destroy them offensively and defensively. To be honest, this Bears offensive line is not doing well. And you know, while the Bears do have a really solid and can definitely put up a fight, um, I think this is going to be one of those games where where Green Bay comes out firing with Devon. And when Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, when that connection is hot. Nobody is stopping. Nobody on this planet. So I think Green Bay takes this one 32 to 14. Yeah. I have Green Bay also winning 37 to 17. Uh, I was not aware that Mitch Trubisky would be in this game. I don't think that changes anything. Um, but it does. Yeah, this is a this is a pretty clear. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I honestly didn't think the Bears were that bad. I thought they were almost underrated yeah. to an extent. They started off like 5-1. and one. Yeah. Yeah. He, they they were a very weak five and one team, but yeah. I when you look at when I looked at them in the beginning of the year, I didn't think I thought Mr. Trubisky was getting some unwarranted hate. I mean, he was really bad last year, but I thought maybe he'd be able to turn around this offseason. Um, Matt Matt Nagy get some new offensive um, plays going and stuff. They could kind of revitalize his career and a defense that's still really solid. I thought they'd be a solid playoff contender, um, but they've really fallen apart. <laughs> and yeah, fallen from great. Unlike. Green Bay's been awesome, so 
Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Well, Green Bay hasn't been entirely can they've come out flat, and it's um, I just I, I you know I think they're better than the, these Bears enough that they should be able to to still perform and beat them out. So um, we're gonna have now Seattle Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm giving it to the Seahawks as you probably expected, thirty to twelve. Um, and yeah, this Philadelphia team, you already have Carson Wentz. He's already getting hit every other play, and they just take away Lane Johnson from him. Obviously, he's going to continue to get hit over and over every single play. And, you know, the Seahawks team, they're coming off of a loss. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I might be tripping, but um, they're coming off of at least a couple weeks. They have not been doing so well. So uh, they're, 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 they're hungry. They're ready to get this win versus a team that, you know, that they, they should be able to win against a team with a losing record. Philly's coming out trying to fight to hold on to that division lead, however futile it may be, versus Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Russ trying to keep his MVP conversation afloat. DK Metcalf trying to just show us all what he's made of and prove the doubters wrong. I think Seattle comes out versus this Philadelphia team. I look for Tyler Lockett to have a big in Seattle to win it 30. I like it. Now, my I have the Seahawks winning as well. But my, my score prediction is quite different. Just hear me out. I think Seattle's going to win. 28 to 25, and that's very close, but that's just how Seattle's built. Seattle wants, like, Seattle will keep any game close. They'll keep it close with the Chiefs, yeah, and they'll keep it close. It does not matter. But I know the, 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 the Philadelphia Eagles are not they get exactly off, good. Take their but the they, I think if they can get something going, if they can get the run game going a little bit, maybe get the, the play action going, they have a really this 32nd ranked secondary in the NFL. And get Carson Wentz a little bit in his element. I don't, the pass rush has picked up a little bit since the Seahawks went in there acquiring spree of veteran often defensive linemen. But hopefully the the defense there is not stellar for Seattle. And yeah. maybe uh, Carson Wentz picks it up a little bit. Yeah, he's not. We know he's not too good this year. But that's that's my my reasoning is that maybe they can keep it close. And since that just is how Seattle's built, I think they're going to be able to win pretty. Yeah. Like they're going to win pretty handily. I think the score. I think the the score. Will be closer than how what the game really is like, but maybe Philly just gives an extra effort. And they they this the receiving core is coming back to an extent. There's Travis Fulgham and there's the the rookie there, the um, Jalen Rager. Yeah, and and Goddard Goddard's back. He's had a big week, you know. Yeah, they're primed and ready, but not primed and ready for a win against one of the better teams in the NFL. True, true. Seattle has largely been a team this year that when they get ahead. They kind of take their foot off the gas pedal and quit throwing the deep ball, which is offense is extremely successful when they're on it. With with him and Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, they start to run the ball a little bit more. They've had a lot of assistant health within their running back group. So they're, they're a team that kind of takes their foot off the pedal when they get off. And, you know, that's not a good thing. But um, yeah. So the last game here for the week, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, was supposed to be Thursday. It should have already happened. Got pushed to Sunday. Got pushed to Tuesday. Uh, Eight, I believe. Um, and last time I predicted Baltimore to beat Pittsburgh. This time I think it's going to be the other way around. I believe Pittsburgh is going to win this game without Lamar Jackson. Probably going to still be without Mark Ingram and um, J.K. Dobbins and any other players that may test positive between now and Tuesday on the Baltimore Ravens squad. So I'm giving this one to Pittsburgh, 26-15. And I think it's a rivalry. There's no way I can predict an extreme blowout for Pittsburgh. I would never predict a crazy blowout in any rivalry games. It just seems, you know, anything can happen in a rivalry game. You know, they come out so hungry. So I'm giving it to Pittsburgh, 26-15, to because of the absence of, you know, Baltimore players. But, um, yeah, that's what I've got for you there. 26-15, to 15, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I have a little bit of a wider margin of victory for Pittsburgh 28 to 7 um yeah it, i feel like i might have even predicted that baltimore wins if it wasn't for all those players not being able to play Jackie Dobbins who had a, a big game the last time they played Mark Ingram who we all know what he can do whenever he's he's on his game power runner yeah. and Mark Jackson you know no explanation there he can he can juke anyone he wants if he's ready for it. his passing attack the Ravens has been quite inconsistent, but accurate, yeah, accurate. I mean, it's, it's without all those players, there's not yeah. much hope for the Ravens. Without a there. starting quarterback, you know, that's definitely. And well, you know, they they have a good starting quarterback for their position they're in, and that's you know, a lot of times teams like to pick up starting quarterbacks that can kind of run the offense a similar way. Or I'm sorry, they pick up backup quarterbacks 
they can run the offense in a similar fashion as the starting quarterback does. And that's kind of what they did with Robert Griffin III is um, largely a mobile quarterback. He is nice, so they can, you know, sort of run some QB draws and, you know, read options and things of the sort, something that they're so good at there in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. But obviously, he's by far a poor man, Lamar Jackson, and nowhere on that same level of talent and skill at this point in his career. So um, He's certainly yeah. acquainted with that offense and he knows what to do he's experienced with, with that type of play yeah but uh, i still think the Steelers defense should be able to get to him in their offensive line which while they're still a very good offensive line in the absence of season injury injury versus the pittsburgh steelers a few weeks ago um they just you know they've definitely been underperforming in terms of where they were before the ronnie stanley where they are after it so um a team where they're you know you know that's something that the Steelers will definitely be able to capitalize on, you know, potentially the best pass rush in the leagues. Yeah, for real, for real. Yeah. So there you have it with our Week 12 NFL predictions. We will have those posted on Instagram tomorrow for you to see. Um, yeah, link it, link it up. Give us your, your predictions if you want. And that's what we'll have for you for this week. And then we'll be back on Monday, obviously, with our analysis of all of these Sunday games. And... It will be a lot later, probably, if we, I'm assuming we're probably still going to be able to record on Monday, hopefully, but um, yeah, we're not going to give you a live reaction on Monday because it's a Steelers game, so we'll be watching it, but it'll be afterwards when we'll be recording, so. Mm-hmm, yeah. But, this, this is a very interesting week in the NFL, I'd say, like, there's not too many marquee matchups, but Tennessee versus Indianapolis was probably my game of the week. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. But that has a lot of impact. I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff that could go down in that. That definitely is a very impactful game in terms of seeding in the uh, AFC oh, yes. South there. Yeah, definitely. But well, who's your fantasy sleeper? Oh, I have no clue, man. <laughs> um, Gus Edwards. He's a guy oh, I, I picked like up, up in two leagues because he should be able to absorb the bulk of the carries down there in Baltimore. And while Pittsburgh does have a great running defense, um, any starting running back defense that is tailored around running you know, because fantasy football, it's about volume more than anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you have a volume of, of targets, if you're a wide receiver, a volume of rushes, you know, whether or not you're, you have crazy yards per carry, you're going to put up points. You know what I mean? In an offense that is a volume running off um, without the running quarterback, without the lead backs, or I guess kind of one and a half lead backs, um, Gus Edwards will absorb it and he will get a lot of carries. So he's my, I've picked him two leagues and I'm starting him in both leagues. So <laughs> Gus Edwards is. I think, yeah, I think he's just. He's, if nothing else, he would probably get like a touchdown or something. So. Yeah, we've seen it before. Guys like that, he's a solid runner, and um, he's done it versus the Steelers before. So he I like my it. underrated players list when we did that, whenever that was. I think he is underrated to an extent. Mm-hmm. Behind two, you know, good running backs that are perfect for the system, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, it is currently one fifteen in the morning. We are Ooh. going on an hour and forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're both whooped. So before we get off, you know, Joe's got to give us the classic saying. But oh yeah, I honestly do truly hope this cool. Colton and Joe show acted as the perfect segue to the most awesome weekend of your whole entire life. I, I truly mean bottom of my. It's not own. as genuine. It's not as genuine, me, but I second thought. Um, <laughs> you know what it is. That's our mm. predictions. We'll be back with you on Monday with our analysis. And from us here at the Colton Joe Show, we are.